Hi everyone, welcome to Woolen Spinning Radio. As always, Rachel is here with Katrina, and we are actually sitting in my office slash studio recording area. We're very squishy. We're all squished in in this small room. And um, we're going to talk about the braiding color studies that has just started for October 1st. So we're going to go over the colors and talk about what we chose. And we're just going to, um, you know, dazzle you guys with what Katrina has done. It's just amazing. Um, we'll show you the inspiration photo. So um, I will pop that in and show you guys what that looks like. And as you can see, we have video this month. So I thought that we would trial uh, releasing the audio podcast as an audio file, but also as a video file. So let me know what you guys think. It doesn't mean that these will become regular, but for the breed and color studies, it's really nice to be able to actually see what we're talking about and not for you guys to not have to refer back to a bunch of photos. The dates and whatnot for release, Katrina will talk about a little bit. This is going to go live for patrons on October 1st, so you guys are going to see and slash hear this right away. And uh, the next podcast episode like the live stream will be on October 7th so the dates will probably be sometime after that around the 15th probably and there will be links that will be posted for you guys to follow okay so um, I'll let Katrina talk about that a little bit more about how that's going to run this month so first off let's talk about the inspiration photo and while Katrina's talking I will actually load a photo so that you guys can see what it actually looks like This month, I decided to step out of my comfort zone and choose a photo that wasn't based in nature. And so, for any of you guys that have, have followed these for a while, 95% of the colors that I've chosen have all been based on images that were taken outside. So, um, you know, a couple of, of studies ago when we did uh, the combo spin, um, it was... Um, when we had Arctic Berries and Lakeside and uh, Fractured Dawn. And so they were all photographs that were taken outside. And same with the study that we did last, last year as far as, um, well, basically all of them. I'm yeah. thinking about all of them. And they've all been based on natural photographs. And so yeah. I decided this time it would be fun to try something a little bit different. And so mm -hmm. as you guys can see from the photograph, it's some graffiti. Um, it was submitted by Tessa, who's actually local to us. Yeah. Um, Tessa had posted in the inspiration thread on Ravelry in the Ravelry group. Um, she had posted uh, several photos. There's one mm -hmm. of her other photos actually that I would love to see us do in the future, but this one she posted in the, uh, Ravelry group and you and I kept coming back to it. Yeah. And so what I liked is, is that there's warm colors and cool colors. And, um, so what I did is I actually pulled about... I pulled eight colors initially and I dyed them on yarn so that I could play with it. And I've eliminated two of them and I'm going with six colors for the braid. Only. Only six <laughs> colors. <laughs> uh, so, You're so we'll, crazy. Show them to, <laughs> we'll show them to you guys. It's so exciting. So initially we've got this um, lighter tealy turquoise color, which is followed by a slightly warmer greeny teal color, then a lovely little grello, and these colors are not exact on the camera, followed by a sort of 
peachy color. It's almost got like a little bit of a salmon quality to it almost mm -hmm. too. I like that. And then it goes into a sort of a deeper dusty rose color. Mm -hmm. Followed by a lovely deep sort of auburny red color. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite um, cranberry, but... No, it's it's got a little bit more... It's a little um, bit moodier. Yeah, a little yeah. bit warmer, a little bit... Um, yeah. Not as bright as cranberry. So those are the colors that are going on to braids. Pretty cool. So, yeah, it was, it was fun to sort of try and figure out colors that would mm -hmm. work together. Like when you're dealing with, with a photograph from like nature... Mm -hmm. The colors just sort of work together. Yeah. And there yeah. isn't a lot of contemplation about how they're going to work together. They just sort of do. Yeah. Um, whereas when you're dealing with something like that, and there's so many other colors that you can pull out of it. Yeah. That um, you sort of go, hmm, what do I want to do with these? Mm -hmm. Well, and if we put the photo back up for a minute, like there's just so much in there. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking at it on the monitor off to my, my left-hand side here your right hand side and so it yeah there's just so much other color in there because the original photo that you had sent me before you eliminated colors it there had were a lot more pinks in there right it had a really bright red so the bright mm. red that you see sort of like the circle in the middle that has like a little yellow and red square in it yeah it's quite a bright red and so the red that i dyed was quite a bright cherry red and um there was sort of a lighter blue so on that face that's sort of on the right hand side of the image mm -hmm. um there's sort of that lighter sky blue that's a little bit um grayed out mm -hmm. and so i had that color as well yeah it's amazing how many colors are actually in there because when you really sit back and start to really study it um it's really actually quite amazing because there's the grello in there but there's also cleaner yellow as well mm -hmm. there's sort of that buttercup yellow that's yeah. right here <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so it's sort of um, playing with the colors and, and coming up with something that sort of represents it. Mm -hmm. And um, did you do one of the um, uh, in Photoshop where you pull the colors out? Did you do that this time like you did last time with the stars? No. Oh, okay. So a little bit different approach this time. Yeah, this time I was just like, I just kept looking at the photo as I was mixing colors and going, Let's try this. Yeah. <laughs> See what we get. A little bit more organic. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Huh. Well, and seeing them laid out, like, just over here. So if we, if I hold up three and you hold up three. So that you can, yeah. There. Like, really, you can really see the colors come through. And actually, they normalize, the camera's normalizing them a little bit better with the um, photo up. So that's mm -hmm. really neat. Huh. So we've been studying black and white for the last while now it's been about a year right yeah that we've so been we working started, on black and white we started with um we did a little bit of the white with the fractured dawn yep to combo like the the first combo spin that we did yep and then um we took a slight departure and did the targi study where we had like all the really super bright colors yeah and then when we did the combo last year with the starry night where we had the control braid and then the braid with white and the braid with black yep that was and the massum study right that was the massum study and then this last time when we did the carded prep we did neutrals and That's we right. had half the the neutrals blended with white and half the neutrals blended with black 
Yeah. So for this one, we're going to take a slight detour. And so there's going to be a control braid that'll have these six colors on them. And are and you going to hand paint that? Or are you going to, yeah, it'll be a hand painted, sort of more of a traditional. More of a traditional. Braid of fiber that you yeah. would see. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to space dye one using the same colors. So there will be white in it. But then I'm going to add brown into it as well. And so you'll find that brown reacts quite differently than black does mm -hmm. when it when it mixes with colors. And so, yeah, that's going to be I'm your really challenge this time. About it. So let's talk. Do you want to, should we talk a little bit about, about sort of how we might approach a braid? So traditional hand-painted braid, the colors are in a regular repeatable pattern. Repeatable pattern on four ounces, sort of roughly 113-ish grams. Yeah. And so looking at these colors just and knowing with your background and your spinning experience, mm -hmm. how would you approach it and how would you spin it, do you think? Like what's your knee-jerk reaction of how you would spin? My knee-jerk reaction will be to spin it end-to-end -end and then chain-ply it to keep the colors true. Mm. Um, I think they're... Like the, the green and the, the burgundy sort of color. Mm -hmm. You have to hold it up. <laughs> the green and the burgundy sort of color. Yeah. Um, they're really quite a lovely combination of they colors. Are. They're quite a nice complement to each other. Yeah. But I think if they're going to... Be color twisted. Be color twisted, they're going to make brown. Yes, from a distance. Because if you... Can we unscan them? Yeah. Because if you were to... They just got my little notes about... Because yeah. <laughs> if we twist them together, yeah, brown. Because yeah. you've got every single color of the color wheel in there. Exactly. You've got green, yellow, blue, red. So that would be my which initial. makes brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at us skating queens. <laughs> You'd think we've done it a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's basically my initial thought process is is to chain ply them. Yeah. The other option that you would have is to pull apart the colors and make a gradient out of them. I had wondered about that because even just looking at them laying out here the way that you've got them, because mm -hmm. um, Katrina's laid them out in the same. That's the order. That this is the be order. On the braid. And then it'll repeat. So you'll have red here, right? Yeah. That's how it'll go. So this will be red. No, that's not right. No. Yeah, that's right. No, the way it, it'll... How's it going to... Because they'll... So when you go from one end of the braid to the other, it's going to go from <laughs> one end is... to the other, and then it's going to go back the other way. That's right. And then it goes back the other way. So, so it'll you... be... This green will be on this... Or the, the, the turquoise will be on this side. Yeah. Correct? So yeah. you're going to mirror it. It's not going to be... Um, a true like repeatable A B C D A B C D. Well, it will if you break the the fiber. Cause it, when you lay the fiber out when you mm -hmm. hand paint, the the fiber sort of goes back mm -hmm. and forth, right? Yeah. And so if you break it at those spots, if you break it at that spot, this reverse side, you just have to flip it around so that you've got that same repeat going the other way. I wonder how many people know that. I don't know. Do you want to repeat that? <laughs> Because so, actually, funny, because you did the Massim like that. Yep. And we did have several people in the community go, what? Because they ended up, what ended up happening was they 
strip the fiber this way, mm-hmm. spun end to end. Mm-hmm. But um, no, what was it? How did they do that? They were they were surprised at the amount of barber pulling they got. I can't remember what they did that they got so much barber pulling. I'm gonna have to think about it. Okay. But anyways, they, they it threw people off the mirroring mm-hmm. of the repeatable colorway. So when I lay fiber out, I've got a table that it goes on. Mm-hmm. And so it starts at one end and I lay it out a certain length and then it loops at that one end and goes back the other way and then loops at that end and goes back the other way and loops at that end and goes back. Because like a length of, of four ounces is too big to... Yeah, it doesn't fit on the table. It doesn't fit on the table. Yeah. Like we're talking, you know... The repeat that I did for the Massam, for instance, was, I think, 36 or 40 inches yeah. long or 42 inches long. Because I think they were seven inch repeats for the six yeah. colors. So it was 42 was inches long. of length. And there's still like three or four repeats in there mm-hmm. because of the length of the fiber. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a certain length that you have that you decide that that's your repeat length. And if you look at most hand-painted braids, they will be done in a similar fashion where yeah. you've got the repeat that goes back in the opposite direction. Yeah. Now, if you want your repeat to, to go in the same direction the whole time, you break it at that turnaround point. Yeah. And then you break it at the other turnaround point, And then you would put them together in yeah. that direction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you do that, if you break it, these two would be back to back back to back yeah if you spin it end to end you're going to get a slightly longer repeat of this color and a slightly longer repeat of the red because those are the two end ones yeah and so those and are the ones where that the loop was. that's where the loop is yeah but if you do that it'll minimize if you stripped the fiber lengthwise mm-hmm. and you spun one to one bobbin and one to the other and two plied it mm-hmm. you would minimize as much of the barber pulling as possible. Yes, if you keep the, when you strip it, that you spin from both the same end. Yeah, so you'd have right. to keep track of like if you start at the turquoise end or if you start at the red end. Yes. Um, and then spin all, like just spin straight, straight through, don't further divide it up. Mm-hmm. And then you'd sort of end up, you'd still end up probably just because we're human and we're our spinning isn't super consistent. It's as consistent as it can be. For not a machine, but you'd end up with a little bit of color mixing in between the color transitions. Yeah, you'd have. So you'd end up with a relatively clean yarn. You would, and even if, like, I mean, when we talk about the ends, so yeah, um, that end and and the other end, when you put them together, even if you spin from the the teal end to the turquoise end, and then you start with the teal end again yeah um to the the burgundy end when those two mix when you get them they're going to be a pleasant color mix like Mm -hmm. it's not going to be an awful color mix no whereas if this was your end yeah and you had that coming into it um you're going to get the muddying of these two colors at that mixing point yeah, you'll lose that vibrancy of both of those colors because mm-hmm. up close your eye will see the difference. Yeah, from a distance it'll look muddy. Yeah, but in general you'll lose that 
vibrant which is why I, I ended up with six colors like I played mm -hmm. with it to see if I could get it down to like four or five colors and what I found is is that there just wasn't a smooth enough transition between the two, the cooler tones of of these two colors yeah and the warmer tones of these colors yeah so this grello color it sort of helps bridge the gap between the the cooler colors and the warmer colors I love this combination these three yeah and Love so that. it it sort of bridges that that gap between yeah. the cool and the warm. Yeah. And then if you wanted, like you said, you could strip it down, mm -hmm. or not strip it down. You could break it apart, and you yeah. could do a gradient. So you'd you, move from the turquoise all the way through to the yeah. red. It that means, actually, I I'm not a big fan of gradients. You guys know that they're not my absolute most favorite. They're Katrina's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think yeah. is why it works, you and I, because yeah. we like different things. Yeah. Um. But the more I look at this, the more I actually am like, hmm, like that's not my like go-to, mm -hmm. but can you imagine that in a shawl? I know. <sighs> that would be incredible. Yep. Yeah, that would be really quite stunning. And so, huh. like, I mean, when you start looking at it's colors really cool. from... I'm so a... excited about this study. <laughs> <laughs> when you start looking at colors from a base of um, what the under underlying tones are and how they mix with each other mm -hmm. you start to see that 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 way that they blend and that that way that they move from one sort of side of the wheel to the other yeah right like if yeah. you think of colors as as what's in a wheel um yellow does transition into green right yeah and and so when you when you look at the way the colors blend on a wheel, mm -hmm. like if you go from the yellow, it does sort of go into orange and then into the reds, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. vice versa, the the greens go into the blues. And mm -hmm. so when you when you think of of the way that they transition, this is quite a normal transition totally. from one side of the color wheel to the other. And yet it's not rainbowy. No, you it's know? not. Like I think some some like there's been so much rainbow the last few years. I think some people are a little bit like they've kind of done that. Yeah. But this doesn't feel like like that. It feels more like a secondary and tertiary well, color. These colors aren't your your standard. No. Like, that's not really orange. It's got an no. orange feel to it. Yeah. But it's not really orange. Yeah. And these sort of pull into more of the pinks and the mm -hmm. the sort of purpley side of it and this dusky rose is mm -hmm. it's not purple no at all no it's it's a very sort of dusty it's got a very yeah. blue tinge to it it does yeah I really like that this just on its own as a colorway is just beautiful I think I'm gonna dye it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it's yarn pretty, at some point <laughs> it's it's pretty gorgeous like as a yeah. new color yeah I quite like this one too yes actually. I love that yeah it's yeah. kind of fun for me to do it this way, like to put it on the yeah. yarn first, because to then it. to see it, because like I always worry about going to put it on fiber and then it not being quite right. Mm -hmm. And so dyeing the colors on yarn and being able to, to look at them, like I dyed this color initially and I was like, that's not as, as pinky as I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And so I dyed this one and I was like, that's more the pinky tone. But quite by accident, this ended up being a really nice bridge between yeah. the yellow side of the wheel and the sort of pink side of the yeah. wheel, right? And so it's been... It it's, really works well. It's been fun to sort of play with the colors that way and mm -hmm. and sort of look at them and go, okay, this is what I'm going for. Yeah. This is what I'm going to mix to get that and see what it 
comes out. Totally. <laughs> because you do have an idea of what your colors are going to yeah. create. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily always come out quite the way you expect it to. And the depth of shade makes a big difference to what the final color looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy to predict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And with the yarn, the cool thing, since you started doing it on yarn before putting it on the fiber, mm -hmm. we can see what the individual colors are. Yeah. You know, and you can show it because, of course, I had them for the massive study and showed them on the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, we were able to really show, like, these are the colors that are going to come out on the fiber. And I think in some ways, because that study, we had the black in mm -hmm. there and that braid was so dark. Yeah. You can really see what the colors were that were put on there. Yeah. Because I think for the Gotland study, because that Gotland was that beautiful heathered gray, mm -hmm. you couldn't see the colors quite to the same extent. No. So when we added the BFL in there after Rebecca, I think it was yeah. Rebecca that suggested that. Yeah. Um, you could see the colors that had been put on. And yeah, you could see. It helped see the... people to make that jump mm -hmm. of how these colors change. Well, and, and it's interesting because the fiber does change yeah. the color. Like, it's been interesting for me dyeing yarn because the different bases that we carry, the the color reacts slightly differently on all of the different bases. Absolutely. And so the base that we put it on always sort of changes yeah. what the end result is. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite interesting to, to see them as separate colors. Yeah. And then to see what they become when they go on to the fiber. Yeah, and then to see people spinning in their projects. Because mm -hmm. inevitably, no matter what people do and no matter what we started with in terms of like the control, yeah. everything ends up different. Yeah. You know, like you can see the underlying that the underlying colors were similar. Mm-hmm. But then people put it into their projects and, you know, to the untrained eye, you wouldn't put any of that together, that it was all the same Rolex or all the same No, XYZ and I think fiber, that's the beautiful so cool. thing about spinning is that yeah. you can give the exact same braid of fiber yeah. to 30, 40, 50 different yeah. people. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And you're going to get 30, 40, 50 different types of results because yeah. some people will choose to combo spin the two braids, so the control and the the one that we'll have with white and brown. Yeah. Some will choose to try and separate them. Yeah. Some will do gradients. Some will do um, fractals. Like, I mean, yeah. this would actually be quite a lovely fractal. That So when I asked you what your knee jerk was, I was actually surprised that you didn't say fractals because you're so predictable. You either do gradients or you do <laughs> three-ply fractals. <laughs> And my default is usually a blended three-ply or a three-ply fractal. Yeah. So I was sort of, I was interested to hear what you were going to say because I, I, I sort of thought you would go one way or the other and then you chose chain-ply. Yeah. So I was sort of like, what? <laughs> what? That's what, what you're you supposed to say. But I, I understand why you said chain-ply. Like, so the reason... That's where I think the majority of spinners would go immediately is chain-ply. And part of the reason for that is it'll actually create a really lovely self-striping yarn. Exactly. And for socks, that would be incredible. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to put organic polworth on my feet just because <laughs> it's like one of my favorite fibers. We haven't even told you guys what the fiber is. <laughs> I know. You just Spoiler give it away. Alert. Spoiler alert. Um... But yeah, it it. But I could mean, you imagine a, a hat or a yeah. cowl, like a totally. little self-striping cowl, striping in the yoke of a sweater? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be so, cool. so, so there's lots of, of yeah. options. So fiber. Yeah, um, let's talk about the fiber. 
we had decided that we would do something that is readily in my stock, which is organic Polworth. Yeah. Because we thought that we wouldn't have a supply issue. <laughs> and then. And then. I ordered my bump of fiber from my supplier. And it's the last one that they have. Of course. And they're not going to have any until the next clip. Which is into the spring. <laughs> which is into the spring. So, unfortunately... <laughs> There will be a limited supply again. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because like when we when we planned this, we were just like, okay, if we choose a fiber that I have in stock, mm -hmm. then when the first bump is gone, I can order another bump. And if we only use half of it, it's not a big deal because it's a fiber that I dye all the time and mm -hmm. it'll be fine. Um, so I was really disappointed when I ordered the bump and saw that it was the last one. Mm -hmm. And when I emailed them to say, when will you be getting more in? They're like, well, it'll be the December, January clip. And then that'll have to go through processing. So it'll be late spring. Yeah. So there will be a limited supply again, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But um, I will dye as much of that bump as I can. And I did have about seven or eight pounds left from a previous bump that I had in stock mm -hmm. so that will get dyed um, as well I might reserve a tiny little bit so that I have some stock for myself still yeah for the shop for yeah. the shop but um, most of what we brought in so that full bump and probably mm -hmm. half of what what I had will get dyed for the study and we will offer it as full braid sets yeah so there will be two braids in the set and half braid sets. So, so there'll be two options, one with two 50 gram braids yeah, and one with two 100 gram braids. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little bit more because they, I do them as two ounce and four ounce. So they yeah. end up being a little bit more, but the grams are a bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 56 or 57 grams and like 115 ish grams. Perfect. So that's, that's what we'll have. Yeah. Um, a bump usually yields a about 80 braids. Mm -hmm. So we'll so have 40. about 40 from that. Yeah, 40 sets. A little bit more because of the halves. Yeah, we'll have a little bit more because of the halves. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I'm sort of thinking that it'll be around October 15th mm -hmm. that I will have everything um, ready to go. They will be dyed and ready to ship. Like, just like we did for, for the last study. Yeah, that worked for you really well. That did, yeah. because then it was, like, everybody... It was ready to go. It was ready to go. All I had to do was pack and ship, and it yeah. will take a few days to pack and ship, and then it's gone. Yeah. And um, with the Dorset Horn, we had a little bit of extra that I could do as undyed, and I won't this time with the Polworth, just because we've got limited stock again. Mm -hmm. Um. So... Yeah, that'll very cool. That'll be what we have. Yeah, and everything will be posted on the Patreon with all the links and everything mm -hmm. um, for patrons and anybody who wants to participate um, outside of that too. Yeah, and as we've always said, like you mm -hmm. don't have to buy no. the fiber from me to participate in the study. It's you know, it's especially if you want to dye your own. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you can pick up. The, the, there are some differences in how it spins when you have conventional Polworth versus organic Polworth. They do spin differently. Just slightly, um, yeah. Just slightly. Um, you know, the the way the sheep are raised is a little bit different. And mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for those who want to do a bit of a compare and contrast type study, you can definitely get. You know, that would be really interesting. Polworth, yeah, 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 for sure. 
Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the space dyeing and what um, that might look like um, in terms of, I just messed up my stitches. Um, <laughs> supposed to be slipping every three um <laughs> i'm working on my sparks of gray um do you want to talk a little bit about oh sorry what the um uh putting the brown on and what leaving some of the fiber undyed and white and what you sort of predict might might happen do you want me to grab a braid of i think it was fractured dawn that was mm -hmm. to give people an idea of what space dyeing looks like sure or what you call handy. space dyeing because everybody seems to have a different name for this so you can talk to them and I'll be right back. So when we space dye, it's basically, I've got the length of fiber and um, we we do a little bit of, just pick that up so that it doesn't spill. Um, we do a little bit of space in between the colors. So in a traditional hand painted braid, it goes like the colors butt up against each other and there's no white in between there. Whereas when I space dye, there's a little glump of, color here and then a little blob of color there and there's white in between those colors and so we're going to have that but we're going to intermix a little bit of brown into it as well so I'm going to go probably with a chocolate brown I've been playing with the browns and I haven't found one that I'm quite thrilled with yet yeah yeah because this one had brown in it it was yeah that it's one got there. a little bit of, of a sort of lighter tan color mm -hmm. um and so you're going to get some places where the brown is going to mix with one of the colors mm -hmm. and you're going to get some places where the white's going to mix with one of the colors and you're probably going to get some places where the white and the brown and a color mix together. Yeah. Yeah. And this one had a lot of white left because fractured dawn, we were looking at white. So this yeah. was from our study, um, on the fin, yeah. which is quite a while ago. And then I had got, this was um, Targi Bamboo Tessa Silk because Katrina made Fractured Dawn. I think you made all three of those colors, part of her regular rotation of colors. Yeah. So I just happened to not have spun that yet because I'm getting behind on everything. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I'm yeah. not acquiring any more stash for the foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah. You've reached Sable, have you? Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> For those of you that don't know the uh, acronym of Sable, it's Stash As Acquisition Beyond Life Expectancy. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm going to live to 130, so maybe I'll get through it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> That's what I've decided. 114 at least. 114, that sounds like a good number. Eric and I joke about numbers like that too, so. <laughs> Mike and I joke that he's going to live to 113 and I'll live to 114 because he, he says he can't live without me. <laughs> a goon. Um, <laughs> gotta love our husbands, but yes, I am at Sable for sure. I'm yeah. Cause it, well, you know what it was, I was actually doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. And then it was the fleece auction in June and mm -hmm. Kelsey had her and Diana and her mom, Debbie mm -hmm. wanted to get these fleeces, but they needed a fourth person because they felt that dividing these fleeces was between three people. They would still end up with too much, Yeah, which is great that they wanted to include me and it ended up for like those seven fleeces. I think it only cost me like $90. That was how much I had to throw in. Um, the problem is that each of them ended up being a pound, a couple of pounds because the fleeces were like eight pounds each. Well, you divide that between four people, <laughs> you're still pounds. at two pounds per fleece. Yep. So now I've got all this processing to do. Um, and so like from a like home tops standpoint, I'm actually okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the processing because it, it takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I'm going to have to try to figure out how I'm going to get through some of that stuff. Hence the reason I don't go to flea shops. <laughs> well, I didn't go. I, we were away. Or no, I was working that day. Well, and, and for Ooh. me, thankfully, the flea auction always falls on the same weekend as Ella's birthday. So I always have you this like go. perfect excuse because there's no way that my child will let me leave her birthday. Totally. <laughs> I'm going to buy wool. I'm going to buy wool. See you later. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be having a home to come home to. You'd be in therapy for like 30 years. <laughs> my mom went on my birthday to buy fleas. <laughs> She already thinks that the place is taking over the house, so... It is. I have it everywhere. I yeah. I mean, really. Well, in my house. <laughs> you're, you're, you've got it in your... Well, your basement. My basement. Like, basically, yeah. the whole basement is now Crafty Jacks. So. Yeah. Yeah. You need a studio. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, if you were... If you had this put in front of you, mm-hmm. what would be your knee-jerk reaction in terms of spinning? I love those as like a two ply fractal Mm -hmm. they they create a really lovely heathered yarn Mm -hmm. and um and there's very minimal striping there's very minimal striping that way and um and because the colors are mixed up like i don't put them in any sort of specific pattern on when i when i space dye those Mm -hmm. there's no discernible color repeat Mm -hmm. and so when you split it in half to spin a two ply um, or strip it or anything like that, you're not going to get a predictable repeat of color mm-hmm. at any point. There will be some points where some of the colors happen to my, line up, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you're going to get just mm-hmm. a lovely barber-pulled, heathered yarn yeah. that when it knits up, it'll knit up um, as little flecks of color everywhere. Which I think is actually really cool because, um, you know, so often when we talk about hand spun, there's inevitably striping. Yeah. And these yarns are, or these sort of space dyed yarns are some of the ones where you can really minimize the striping if you want. Or like you said, there's the, um, um, the heathering that happens, Mm -hmm. but no discernible, repeatable colorway. So in the book, um, in Unbraided, we actually featured one of the speckled dyed. It was one, it was a braid by Hedgehog Fibers. But these are actually some of my favorite yarns. So the mm-hmm. two, if, if you guys have a copy at home and you're listening to this as audio, um, if you look at page 35, the two-ply fractal and the three-ply fractal that are on the bottom right-hand corner, that's a lot like how these braids will yep. spin up. So I'm going to show on the camera just so you guys can see that. But the what I really like about them is that fractaling, and you still have a little bit of striping. But again, it's, but it's not very repeatable, subtle. and yeah. it's so subtle. Like especially if you're if you're re, like if your stitches, like if you're knitting, if your stitches are really super long and over a long period of time, you kind of get like this. You know, you'll get sort of um, a well, color, get, but it you don't get that. Well, you get like striping. You'll get a color, and then you'll get another color, and then you'll get some white in between. Yeah. It. And then when it comes back the other way, when you're knitting, it it doesn't pull. No, the it same doesn't cool. And so, yeah. like, I mean, that's one of the things with, like, like this, for instance, if you spin that and you chain ply it, you're going to get pooling and and repeats of striping, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's just what's going to happen with it's that. It's going to be a self-striping yarn. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's not going to be exact like you would get if, if it was dyed as a self-striping, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you are going to get that repeatable stripe. Yeah. Whereas with something like this mm-hmm. when we do it um because the colors are on there in such a way that it's it's really sort of um mixed up and muddled up it's totally random 
it's going to be totally random the yeah. way that it comes together. Yeah, which I think is really neat because like on that colorway, because Katrina was showing the Fractured Dawn again, the neat thing about that too is because you've got the white in there, you have the those vibrant colors that kind of pastel down and they mm -hmm. become a little bit more muted yeah um or lighter tone um and when you do the two ply fractal it you don't often you don't get anywhere where the two colors twist together like you're not going to mm -hmm. get bright green or like in fractured dawn there was this forest green and then yeah. there was that that really bright purple yeah you're probably nowhere in the yarn and if you do it's going to be over a very short like maybe a couple of inches mm -hmm. you're not going to have those two colors twisting together yeah. You know, you're going to end up with this really. Well, and when you've got white mixed in. color. Yeah. When you've got white mixed in there, it sort of takes the color tone down. Yeah. And so it's, it sort of softens things and pastels it. Mm -hmm. And so you will get like really in a couple of occasions, you'll get a really bright hit of color where, mm -hmm. you know, you've got just the, the, the color, the dyed color, will have not heathered with any of the white that surrounds it. Yeah. And so you will get this little strip, but it'll be really small, especially mm -hmm. if you if you split the braid in a bunch of smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. um, like, if you leave the braid whole and you spin it, you're going to get a longer repeat, mm -hmm. whereas if you split the braid a bunch of times, you're going to get really short repeats. That's actually one of my favorite ways to spin these, is to just take the braid apart and just start stripping it down. Yeah. And strip it and strip it and strip it um, so that it's not obviously falling apart. The nice thing is we're not dealing with superwash fiber because if you strip superwash fiber a lot, it does start to yeah. sort of fall apart. Um, but if you strip these down quite fine and mm -hmm. um, just sort of throw them into a basket yeah. and just kind of grab randomly from the basket and spin, I mean, you end up with just this really beautiful, you know, whether, it's, whether you want to do two-ply, three-ply, um, I think probably... One of my favorite ways to spin these is to do that, throw everything into a basket, spin all to one bobbin, and then weigh off your right. three-ply. Yeah. Because um, when you go to ply, um, you just end up with these really beautifully heathered mm -hmm. textural yarns. And yeah, you're going to have places where the darker turquoise twists with the red, but it's going to be in such a minimal amount. You're going to have the white and the brown to, as neutrals. Yeah. It'll just, it really won't matter in terms of like, like you won't be able to mess this up. No. It'll, be, but it will be really interesting to see the different effects because mm -hmm. some people chain ply, some people blend it, some people will do a three ply, some people do fractals. So, well, you know, if you can combos. line all those, some people do combos. If you line that all up and you look at it, I mean, it'd just be beautiful. Because mm -hmm. what, actually what some people, I, I'm sure there will be one or two people, they'll spin the space dyed white and brown to one bobbin yeah and they'll spin the hand painted to another bobbin and they'll ply them mm -hmm. and that would be really beautiful too mm -hmm. a lot of people did that with the rolex they spun the white to one bobbin to one bobbin black to the other and yeah. then they plied them and it created this lovely medium yarn mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so there's lots of different options mm. that you have you know like your imagination's the limit <clears throat> You can take a little bit of it and you can spin them a bunch of different ways. Like if you've got a full braid, you can take a third of it and spin it one way, take a third of it, spin it another way, and take a Absolutely. third of it and spin it another way. So that you've got three different yarns, but three different yarns that'll work really well together. Yeah, because they'll still coordinate. They'll still coordinate. And then if you take the space dyed one 
and spin it like really break it apart and and have it with really really short repeats Mm -hmm. um it would work in a pattern where it would be the the sort of lighter color mm-hmm. and but because the colors are similar throughout them you would be able to work them into to sort of like a striped pattern where where the three different ways that you've spun it could be worked in together into a into a project absolutely that would actually be really pretty um and the brown will sort of neutralize some of the brightness of the um um in there in the space dye, like mm-hmm. of the colors, but the white will lighten it enough that you'd really have quite a lovely contrast yarn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be really neat. Yeah. Was there anything else you want to say about the Breed and Color Studies? For those mm-hmm. who are new to the community, Breed and Color Studies runs from October 1st through to the end of March, and then we do a carded uh, preparation starting April 1st and we study that till the end of September so because this is obviously October um, we are looking at comb top for the next six months and then we'll take some of these principles and some of these ideas and we'll put it onto a carded prep so um, that's sort of how breed and color studies work the idea is to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and to work on something and to spin something in a way that you normally wouldn't choose and uh, yeah the community is always really quite incredible with what they come up with every time it's amazing it's just become more and more well and i'm i'm always impressed that people are taking it to that next level and they're they're doing the spin but then they're doing the project projects with it and and so they're they're taking it all the way to completion which is really cool yeah well it's really lovely to see because you know the one thing that i've always said is i i don't want people to to feel the need to buy and stash it. Yeah, exactly. You know, the idea is to is to use it. it use it. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're going to invest in it, invest in the time to mm-hmm. to make with it, so that yeah. you're not just spending money that then sits in a in a box in your closet. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think too, because there are um, a lot of people that are participating in the Epic Cloth Challenge over on in the School of Sweet Georgia, because there's mm-hmm. a little bit of overlap yeah. um, with some of the community members. Um, you know, it's really awesome to kind of go through that process and use some of those prompts that Felicia's provided mm-hmm. to help to guide you so that over the six months, you're not working on something and trying to create something within like a month or two. You've got yeah. six months. Yeah. Um, and it's neat to see people's process and to be able to share that on the podcast and inspire others. Because for some who are just coming to spinning and are brand new, the idea of taking on sort of an epic quote unquote project like that and going from planning all the way through to a finished item is, is, um, can be really, really overwhelming, daunting. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. And, uh, yeah, we're here to help and we're here to, uh, to have that conversation. So if, um, for those who are part of the Slack channel, you can share in the Slack channel, make sure you're, um, putting your projects in there, but we also have the ongoing thread in the Ravelry group. And then there's the finished objects thread that's for yarn, finished projects, whatever you're working on. That's chatter free though, please. And um, post your photos in there. And if it's from photos from a previous study, photos from the current study, once you've finished whatever you're working on, um, you can pop in there and post your photos. And I just ask that you keep your one study to one post. So if you finish the yarn and then you go back in later because you finished your project, add your photo and edit that that post to keep it together. It's easier for me when I'm going through and sharing on the podcast um, to know sort of what goes with what. So, um, but that's ongoing. Like if you finished your yarns from like the fin study, you can pop in there and post them now. 
um, that's like an ongoing all of the things. And we do look at it for inspiration and it's fun to scroll through. And if you have photos that you've taken on like family trip or you've gone somewhere, or you've seen something on the street and you've taken a photo or something that you just found really inspiring, do pop into the Breed and Color Studies inspiration thread and post those photos because uh, Katrina is constantly looking at it. And if there's a photo that really grabs her, she'll tag it for um, a future study. Cause well, and I love going back and seeing like all the yeah. previous studies. So when mm. I was looking for colors for this one, I was like, what can we do that's a little bit different than what mm -hmm. we've already done? And so it was important for me to sort of go back and sort of look at what we'd already done yeah. and compare the colors that I'd chosen this time around to what was already out there. Absolutely, because the idea is to keep pushing ourselves and keep growing and to, uh, you know, some of these colors are going to be colors that you're really super comfortable working with and some are going to be like, no, that's not my color, <laughs> but working with it, um, yeah. you know, you learn and grow. That's the whole point. That is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today, guys. I will be posting links and everything once Katrina gets them to me. So please watch the Patre your Patreon inbox and whatnot for the uh, links going live in the next week or so. And until then, happy spinning. Bye, guys.